Welcome to the Design Thinking Plus Education Equals Awesome podcast, where I will share what I have learned about design thinking over the past five years in my effort to implement it in both my classroom and my school. I sat in my fifth grade literature and grammar classroom without students, and I was frustrated. I had become a teacher because I wanted my students to love learning as much as I do. I wanted them to learn how to learn. I wanted them to be super nerdy, just like me. In college, I used to go to the library, go up in the book stacks, and read about different movements in literature just because I thought it was fun. But my problem was that I didn't really know how to help my students feel that way being a first-year teacher. At the time, I had just finished reading two books that I would highly recommend, especially if you like Pixar and Google as much as I do. The first book is called Creativity, Inc., and it's about Ed Catmull, not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name, uh, but it's about his experience in developing Pixar and his management style and kind of the, how to get the best out of, out of a group of workers. The second is called How Google Works, which is by Eric Schmidt, kind of dealing with the same thing. How does Google work different from other places to get the best out of their employees? The innovation and creativity of these people and the companies they helped build inspired me to think about education in a different way. While neither were education books, both made me think about what kind of students I could develop that would be rock stars at a company like these two. The employees liked the challenge of solving problems. They liked to be creative and create stuff especially together. They were innovative. They also liked to learn. So I started thinking about how I could create students like that. My first idea came in the form of a project I called the Pixar Project. It was my first design thinking project even though I didn't really know what design thinking was at the time. Looking back, I can see how it was. It had elements of design thinking. Students were tasked with creating a story that modeled Pixar's storytelling techniques. They had to work with a partner to write a paragraph for each of the beginning, middle, and the end of the story. They also had to draw storyboards for one scene and write the script for that scene. They would finish with sharing with the rest of the class. It went pretty well. I enjoyed seeing my students engaged and enjoying their work. Some seemed genuinely interested in how Pixar created their stories, and I hope some went on to continue learning about Pixar, telling stories, and maybe 3D animation. While it was a great start, I still felt like I wasn't quite there. Later that year, a parent at my school hired a company called Betabox to come to our school. They would be there for a whole week. Betabox is a rapid prototyping mobile shipping container, and so it had a 3D printer, a laser cutter, and other fabrication supplies. It's pretty awesome. It is a really cool concept, and I will be forever grateful for it. One of the founders of the company, Sean Maroney, introduced me to design thinking. He based his knowledge of design thinking off of the D School, which is out of Stanford. Uh, it was really exciting. It was like I had discovered something magical. Everything I had been trying to accomplish was a thing that had a name and that other people already did, which meant I could learn from them, see their mistakes, see their failures, and try to not recreate them, but also see their successes and learn from those. But at first I saw design thinking as mainly just a process, kind of like the writing process. I walk my students through the stages of the process, and then at the end, they've created something wonderful. But if only it was that easy, and if only that's how it was. Really, well, actually not if only, because it's so much more, and I'm appreciative of the fact that it's so much more. But leading up to Betabox's arrival, I introduced design thinking to our students 
by leading a backpack challenge in which our fifth grade students had to create a better backpack for a partner. The linked challenge in my blog, um, you can find it there, is a slightly modified version that I do with my third grade students now. Some of those backpacks were ridiculous and not very well thought out or even not realistic. So when it came time for them to actually build them, they realized, I don't know how to build this. I can't build this, which is part of design thinking. And then they could go back and rethink their ideas. I think the modified version for my third grade students has definitely produced better results in terms of backpacks that actually fit the needs of the students, but it still teaches the students how to think creatively just within constraints. Design thinking is so much more than just a process though. I think of it as a pedagogical approach, though some would describe it as a framework. Um, I'll discuss those two ideas more in a later blog and podcast. Um, but I think of it as a pedagogical approach that teaches students how to work through an iterative and creative process. So iterative, um, which I'm not gonna say too much because I struggle a little bit with it, but it just means that each part of the process is not a one and done. It's not algorithmic. You don't just kind of work through it. Instead, you work through a part and then you might come back. Just like I was talking about earlier with the backpacks, you start building it, realize, oh, my idea is not quite actually gonna work. So I'm gonna go back to brainstorming, maybe even talking back to my partner and figuring out what did they actually need? What can we cut out here to make it realistic and something that's actually creatable? So the process should also be human-centered. So with looking at that backpack challenge, right, they are talking to a specific person, designing for a person in mind, knowing who they're kind of designing for. And the students create solutions or systems or products or all of them at the same time. It is a beautiful combination of engineering, psychology, and art. It is also a process that is used in a lot of different businesses, so I think that lends an authenticity to it that students really appreciate and respond to. It can be very messy, but fun, engaging, and in all of it, students learn skills that they will need to be successful in life regardless of the future that they choose. Design thinking can enhance a student's learning in so many ways. With this uh, podcast and my partner blog, um, I hope to share practical ways to implement design thinking, share some of the resources I've gathered, and just generally share my knowledge so that you can learn from my successes and failures and not repeat the failures, repeat the successes, and kind of start beyond where I started, where I was kind of just at zero and having to gain as much knowledge as I could. So at this point, you may already know a little bit about design thinking and think it sounds awesome, I wanna learn more, or maybe this is kind of a first sort of initial introduction to it. But if I was you, I'd probably be wondering who this person is talking to me and why should I listen to them? Well, let me um, address that a little bit. So when I discovered design thinking, my curiosity took hold and I wanted to know more and more. So thinking back to when I went to the library during college, those book stack days where I just loved to get in there, read and research. Um, I extended that sort of skill to learning about design thinking and then started trying to implement it into uh, my classroom. At that time, I was teaching literature and grammar, so I started bringing it in there. And there were some ways where it fit very organically and other ways it didn't and it didn't quite fit. So I had to learn where it worked and where it didn't. Uh, but 
based on the way I used it in my literature and grammar classrooms, I was offered a position where I would be teaching technology and design, really design thinking, to pre-K through fourth grade students. And that's what I currently do now in something that we called the Imagination Lab, which is a maker space for elementary school children. I work at a pre-K through eight school though, so I also have helped create our makerspace in our middle school called the Editor and have worked with some of the curriculum that we've been de developing in middle school for design thinking. Beyond my work at school though, I was on a teacher, teacher advisory board for a college of design. I was also part of a professional development co cohort called edX, which is a group of design thinking educators who are learning together to become better at implementing design thinking. Also, one of the projects that is really, I think of it as design thinking, but it's also PBL, and that's going to be included in a book by A.J. Giuliani called the PBL Playbook, which has not come out yet, but he actually just sent me like the final draft so I could see what it looked like, and it, I think it's going to be a really awesome resource for PBL. A.J. Giuliani also wrote a book specifically about design thinking called Launch which was very helpful when I was learning about design thinking. And all of that is said not because I want to brag about myself or talk about how awesome I am, but it's really to help you understand that I do have knowledge and experience with this stuff, but I also am a learner. I'm someone who's learning constantly, trying to get better, learn more about design thinking, especially the way it marries with PBL and other frameworks. And, you know, sometimes I am wrong, um, I may say things in my podcast or on my blog that you don't necessarily agree with or you think of it in different ways, um, but that is totally fine. We're here to have a discussion and a back and forth, so feel free to comment or reach out to me and say, hey, I'm not sure about this. I will totally welcome that uh, criticism or even if you just need clarification. But so if you want to keep listening to me or reading on my blog or both, I would love to have you. I would even love for you to reach out to me. Like I said, I want to help. Um, I also want to learn from you and learn from what you're trying to do. And then we can obviously share and exchange all sorts of resources. Uh, feel free to leave comments or email me because I would love to meet someone who has the same goals as I do. And teachers who want to develop their students' problem-solving, collaborative, and creative skills and empower them to be creators. And hey, if you don't want to listen to me, well, you're probably not a good person anyway, so bye. Um, obviously, that's a joke. I'm sure you're a great person. Challenge time. So at the end of the podcast and in my blog, I'm going to have kind of challenges for you to kind of try to push forward. So since this is my first time, um, the challenge is really just to start looking at resources. So I encourage you to look at DSchool's K-12 lab. You can just Google that and find it. Um, they have a lot of good resources, and they talk a bit about design thinking on there. Um, look at Edutopia. I have two articles linked in my blog, Design Thinking in the Desk List Classroom, uh, Using Design Principles to Build the Culture of Innovation. Uh, two EdSearch articles, how, to, or how Design Thinking Builds Empathy, Gives Purpose, and Honors Educators, as well as another article, How to Use Real-World Problems to Teach Design Thinking. And then two mind shift articles, what does design thinking look like in school and how to apply design thinking in class step by step. So those are some great articles that I have found that helped kind of pique my interest, get me thinking about things, get me pushing into them and learning. And 
obviously, as I continue my podcast, I'll explore a lot of the ideas that are brought up in those articles, as well as the ones that um, I brought up today. Uh, the next kind of step, the next thoughts I'm going to do are really looking at the process and what that looks like in that creative process that we're trying to teach our students to work through as they are creating a product or a system or solution to a problem. So again, I hope you uh, come back, listen to the next one, read the next blog, and again, feel free to reach out and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you. So I want to make one correction and also thank some people. So the correction is, for some reason, I said pedagogical when I was talking about pedagogical. I know how to say pedagogy. I'm not even sure where that word came from. It doesn't exist. I even Googled it just to see if it actually was a word that maybe I had in my head somewhere rattling around in my mind. It doesn't exist. So apologize about that. There's the correction. And then I also would like to thank Brian Best. Um, he did the work uh, on my logo for my podcast and the banner work on my website. And then I also want to thank Scott Holmes for letting me use his music. All right. Goodbye.